Welcome to my podcast, These Dramatic Days. I'm Jen, and I want to have smart conversations about Asian dramas, particularly good Taiwanese and Korean series. Hey everyone, I was really meaning to make an episode about 2521 after episode 8, but things just sort of got in the way and so now with the drama finished, I thought it'd be the perfect time to make an episode to understand and process the ending because of course this was one of the most difficult endings of a drama to watch and as someone who's watched a lot of dramas over the years and seen a lot of difficult endings, that does not come lightly. I really do mean it when I say that this is one of the toughest endings I've had to watch and I know this ending has brought about a lot of strong opinions online but I'm going to say that I'm not someone who feels jaded by this ending and while I think this ending is super painful I also think it's quite beautiful as well and that beauty comes from the fact that it reflects a lot of things that we relate to in real life so things like cherishing memories like accepting change and growing pains and there's a lot of thoughtful messages but I think the big take-home message message in this series is that sometimes we meet people who love us deeply and shape us to be the people that we are today but they don't always stay in our lives and just because those relationships aren't permanent it doesn't mean that they weren't important and it may come to the point where we don't quite remember every single detail about that relationship but I don't think we truly forget about them either and I think the value of those relationships are shown through the people that we currently are. So as someone who's not really bitter about the ending but still finds that there's a lot of things to process I wanted to talk through the ending with everyone and I just want to make it clear that I'm not trying to convince anyone to love the ending I know it takes time to get your head around it and I also know that it may not be to everyone's taste like not everyone has to think the same way and not everyone has to like the same things but I do know how uncomfortable it is to feel really upset over the ending of a drama to not be able to stop thinking about it. So what I want to do today is offer some words of comfort, offer a different perspective, and maybe offer some explanations that will help you to clarify things you don't understand. And I also thought it would be good to offer some closure, like I'm not the writer so I can't change the ending for you, but what I can do is to offer some logical ideas that can close the loop on some of those loose ends that people keep going around in circles with. And then it's up to you whether or or not you accept these ideas and whether or not you take them on board but I hope they help you to make peace with the ending and to remember what you liked about the series in the first place. So this is my little guide on the topics I'll be talking about today. Number one I'm going to talk about the ending and this will be full of spoilers so if you haven't seen it and you're wondering why everyone is so depressed and talking about the series please go watch it and then come back and listen to this episode. Number two I want to address all the main criticisms of the ending and I want to talk about why some of these things happened the way they did and what sort of meanings that you get from that. Number three I want to talk about finding comfort and finding closure and hopefully we can come up with some ideas that close some of those giant loopholes for you. Number four, I want to talk about some of the happier moments from this drama that I missed out on. So everything from episode nine to the last episode, that is happy. I hope that this reminds you of all the things that you loved about this drama and why you came to it in the first place. So let's start off by looking at what happens in the very last episode of the drama. It starts off with Eugene getting a letter of thanks from these Korean survivors of September 11th, 
which is what he goes to New York to cover in the news. And he's having a really hard time. He's really depressed by the trauma of the whole event. And one day when he's in a coffee shop, he has a conversation with a firefighter. And basically he asks the firefighter if he's ever felt like giving up. And the guy says that it's his duty to do what he does. This seems to convince Eugene to do his job better as well. And he decides to put in an application to stay in New York and continue covering this story. Very soon we're shown that Eugene actually gets the position to be the foreign correspondent in New York. And later at night he calls Hito and they have a very awkward and tense conversation. He tells Hito that he's going to be back in Korea next month but it turns out that she's going to be in Europe. And at this point he breaks the news to her that he's going to stay in New York. When he comes back to Korea they have a luggage mix-up. Coincidentally they had the same luggage which they bought together in an earlier episode to go on a trip with each other which they never went on. But instead of returning their luggages in person, Hido leaves Yujin's luggage at the airport counter. Whereas Yujin delivers the luggage back to Hido's house but he doesn't go to look for her. And it's not till she comes out that they have a conversation and they break up in front of her house. The next day Hido has dinner with all her friends and during dinner they find out that Hido and Eugene have broken up. Yurim asks Hido if they'll ever get back together again and Hido says that no it's over for good. Coincidentally she drops her phone in the hot pot and the next day she is replacing her phone but realizes that she still has a couples contract with Eugene and so she calls him over because she needs his consent to break the contract. And and I think it's meant to be quite a comedic scene because it almost looks like they're signing divorce papers, but it's actually just a phone contract. But as they're walking through the tunnel after they sign this contract, Yijin asks Hido if they're doing the right thing. And this triggers a very heated discussion, which turns into a full-fledged argument between the two of them. And at first, both of them want to ignore each other with no chance of meeting up before Yijin flies back to the States. But then they both change their minds and they run out to look for each other and luckily catch each other at the bus stop before Eugene goes on his trip and they're both crying at this point because they're comforting each other the way that they used to but they know that things are clearly over between the two of them and then there's a time jump of seven years which is quite a long time at this point we see that Hito's mom has nominated Eugene as her successor to be a news anchor so he returns to Korea and and that's when he gives that interview with Hido. And at this point in time, we see a reunion between all the friends, but this time it's at Sangwan's dad's funeral. It seems like funerals are one of the few times that they seem to get together because their lives are so busy as adults. And Yurim and Jiwung are about to get married. We find out that Hido is married at this point. And later on, we see that Eugene comes to drop by after the group has turned up and he has a conversation with someone who gives him an update on what all the kids are doing now that they're grown up and she also asks Eugene if he wants to hear about how his ex is doing but Eugene says that he'll see that on the news. Someone ends up meeting his little brother again and it's implied that they might go on a date and then the story goes back into the current timeline which is in 2022 in our year and in a past episode Minche was looking for her mother's final diary to find out what happened with her and Yujin. It turns out that the diary is still around and it was actually given to the owner of the bookstore that Yujin used to work 
Wildcat. The owner was told to deliver the diary to Hito, but he forgot, and so it only gets delivered recently. And it turns out Hito dropped her diary on a bus, and coincidentally, Yijin found her diary and read it. Her final entries were about how much she regretted yelling at Yijin and saying things that she didn't mean. And Yijin himself also felt the same way, so he writes her a note that expresses his feelings as well. When Hito gets the diary back in 2022, she finally reads the note from Yejin, and she goes back to the tunnel and reminisces about the time that they spent in their youths. And it seems that Hito is relieved that her and Yejin were able to let go of the hurt that they caused each other. The series closes with some shots and footage of the group when they were spending their happiest summer together on the beach. So that summarizes episode 16 and pretty much the finale for the entire series. And I'm so sorry we had to talk about the ending again so soon, but I just thought that we should all be on the same page about what happened. And I feel like I'm just really used to giving summaries at the start of the episodes. But now that we've gotten that out of the way, I think we can get into the crux of the discussion about why people didn't like the ending. So I would say the main reason, of course, is because the series has a sad ending or a bittersweet ending, depending on how you want to classify it. And the reason for this is that Hido and Yujin don't end up together. When they break up, it's a real breakup. They don't keep in contact as friends. And Hido ends up marrying someone else and having a daughter with them, which is who Minche is. And aside from that one interview that they conducted on TV together, it seems like Hido and Yujin never do meet up again. And they certainly don't meet up in the future timeline in 2022. And while I accept the ending and I enjoy the beauty of it, I do understand why people don't like it because it is so incredibly painful to watch an ending like that. Like you're essentially watching two people for 15 episodes who are soulmates who really understand each other inside out and you watch their development as they go from strangers to having a really strong friendship to becoming these dreamy lovers and then you realize that their situations in life start to pull them apart and actually they did have little bits of their personalities that were quite different to each other as well which start to show in the cracks and then you watch them go back to being strangers which really really hurts yeah it really sucks so I totally understand the grief that some people feel and I think one group of unhappy comments that I've seen stem from this is what's the point of telling a story for 15 episodes if Hido and Yijin don't get together like why did I watch this story of two people who drifted apart in the end and I think this goes to the core message of the show so the reason this story is being told is because the relationship was still very important to both the characters it shaped who they were and it helped them to get to the places that they got to like I don't think they could achieve their goals as either a fencer or a news reporter without the support and love of each other at that very hard period of their lives and I just wanted to add that I don't think the value of a relationship should be so black and white in that you have to stay together forever in order to say that the relationship had value and if you break up I don't think you can be like oh well that relationship had no meaning whatsoever and I think this is really illustrated in 2521 because even though it doesn't work out due to other circumstances you can really see that Hido and Yijin were soulmates they were people who really truly loved each other and because they were so close you can really see that Yijin learned so much from Hido about resilience and grit and fighting for your dreams and in return Hido learned so much from Yijin about relationships about unconditional love and being cared for and caring for someone else as well so I guess the point of watching a show where the characters form a really 
really strong relationship and then walk away from each other is to show us that sometimes life will not go the way that we expected and we might not end up being together forever with friends or family or lovers but that doesn't mean those relationships were wasted so much of who we are today were influenced by these important relationships and I think this show reminds us to value the relationships that we currently have because you never know when things will change and I think I also have to add this cliche as well the story seems to say that it's better to have loved and lost than to have never loved at all and I think people tend to think of that quote in terms of like being separated by death but I do think it applies to breakups as well because sometimes love is not enough to hold two people together when there's a lot of pressure from the outside world as well so going back to the idea that the ending of 2521 was bittersweet I think you can also say that it's quite realistic and so it reflects a lot of things that people have experienced in life before particularly pertaining to their first loves or first breakups and I think people find it comforting in that it's quite relatable but I did also see another unhappy group of comments which was that k-dramas should have happy endings there's a group of people that complain that they don't watch k-dramas to watch realistic things because life is depressing enough as it is and they just wanted escapism and a happy ending and I totally understand the use of k-drama for escapism because I do think that sometimes when you're going through a hard time at uni or with a family issue it can be such a comfort to watch k-dramas I know that I got through the pandemic pretty much by watching so many k-dramas I think I watched like 30 series or something last year and happy endings are great I would totally have written a happy ending for this series if it was up to me to write it and in terms of what types of endings people like I think it's all a matter of personal taste there's nothing that is correct or incorrect about liking a type of ending but with that said I don't think that every k-drama needs to have this forced happy ending because I don't think that makes sense for every story and I think you would limit the range of stories that people would be interested in making and you would limit the ideas that you could explore in k-dramas for me I think a good ending is not necessarily a happy ending but it's one that flows on naturally from the way the story was going it's also one that makes sense logically and also one that is meaningful so I think that's why I don't mind the ending of 2521 because it is largely a meaningful ending I think some people will disagree with me about it making sense or about story flow but I'm going to save that conversation for a little bit later in terms of the ending for this drama I think we were pre-warned from a very early stage in 2521 that it wasn't going to be that sort of conventional happy ending I mean within the first 10 minutes of this show starting you see that Hido's child's last name is Kim and that should be the biggest giveaway of all because why else would that child not have the last name Beck and I know there were a lot of theories on the internet I definitely put out my fair share of drama theories but I think the very meta point that the writers are trying to make is that if Yijin and Hido's relationship had been so easy they would have shown it in that very easy way it's because the relationship got so complicated and didn't even really exist anymore that they tried to hint to us that the couple had broken up but I think given the nature of k-drama audiences everyone just really wanted the two main characters to get together and so they picked up on things that they thought were clues but possibly ignored some of the things that really did show that Hido had moved on in her life which the writers were trying to gently present to the audience as we were watching the 
show. For those who belong in this camp and just believe that K-dramas all need to have happy endings, I feel like you can take comfort in the fact that the ending is really meaningful and both the individuals involved still think of each other as each other's first love. Which I guess is romantic because in popular culture isn't the first love always the one that was the most dreamy and the most ideal? Whereas we all know that marriage itself is difficult and a lot of work and getting married to someone sometimes still ends in unhappy marriages. Whereas for Hido and Yijin they are in their most ideal states in each other's memories because they never went down that hard path. And I'm not saying people shouldn't try marriage because it is a challenging thing to do but given the fact that we can't change the ending and it is what it is this is one of the ways that I choose to think about the ending because it's true that people really do think very fondly of their first love. So I don't think it's a far-fetched conclusion to come to. The other point I want to make is that a bittersweet ending still means that there's some level of sweetness and even though it's not that kind of sugary sweet ending I do think that they still have many happy moments in their lives and I think this is also shown in the drama as well but a lot of people sort of skipped over that because it doesn't have to do with the relationship directly. For example a lot of people thought that Yujin didn't have a happy ending but in saying that I think you would be ignoring the fact that he became the youngest TV news anchor at the age of 33 which in the show they said was very young to be in that position and he finally reunited his family after 11 years so he achieved the goal that he promised his father he would do. So I feel like he is happy and he's also not alone with that family aspect as well. And yes you don't see him get into a new relationship but I feel like happiness does not necessarily equate to a relationship so I feel like people saying that he's not happy are actually just saying he's not in a relationship which is two different things. I also saw a bunch of comments saying that Hido wasn't happy as an adult and I find that a little bit surprising because I think she is. So when we look at the adult Hido we can see that she achieved all her fencing dreams and that she has a new career and is happy making furniture and even though she's no longer a fencer she's still recognized by the public for her achievements in sports and you can really see that when she goes to Minche's ballet concert that people still recognize her and she's pretty happy trying to raise her daughter like it's a challenge for her but I think she also enjoys trying to inspire her daughter to go after her dreams and again I think people assume that she's not happy or not in a happy marriage because her husband isn't around but I want to point out that in this drama you're seeing the present timeline as in the time in 2022 in a matter of a few weeks whereas you get to see the past in a stretch of years so you're getting a lot more insight into the past than you are into the present and it just so happens that her husband is away on a work trip in the current timeline so we really don't know a lot about their relationship but I think it's a bit rich for people to assume that he's away for long stretches of time and they really don't have a relationship at all and actually today I heard that they had filmed a scene where they had little Minche and her father but it was left on the editing floor as a choice not to show the person that Hido chose to marry. And I don't think this is a rumor. I think it's a fact because the mother of the child actor who played the young Minche posted this photo and so it's been doing the rounds on the internet and I'll leave a link to it in my show notes. To be honest I think adult Hido is happy and the one big evidence I have to prove this is that scene where her daughter asks her about the beach trip and
and she doesn't remember it. And if she was unhappy in her current life, she probably would remember it very well because it was such a beautiful part of her life and she would probably be dwelling on it all the time. But I think because she's so happy in her present life and satisfied with new memories, she doesn't feel the need to dwell on it. And so it just sort of faded as a pleasant memory from the past. And actually she does explicitly tell Minche that sometimes things change for the better and she looks happy about that. So in summary, I think both Hido and Yujin are happy people, but they just aren't sharing that happiness together. If you accept that the ending is about self-development and personal growth and achieving all your goals against the odds, then actually you would see that this is a happy ending, but it's just not a romantic ending, which really grates us because I guess we were asked to focus on that side of their lives. But even though I've said this, I feel like there's still going to be some people that are going to cling on to the idea that Hido's life is somehow miserable in the future. And I feel like the reason for this is because the whole drama is a nostalgia drama, which basically means that it's focused entirely on the past. If you look up the meaning of nostalgia, you come across the idea that it's about thinking fondly of the past, having a sentimental or wistful affection for the past. And that's totally what this entire drama makes you feel. So all the exciting events and all the romance are pretty much built into the story in the past. And even the stylistic choices like the color grading is more bright in the past, whereas in the future it's more dull. But honestly, I don't think these things are meant to make a commentary on Hito's happiness. I think what they're meant to do is frame the future story so that it's relatable. It's kind of like our average day-to-day -day lives. Whereas the past is a fantasy and it's a mixture between Minche's imagination of her mom's past as well as Hito's actual memories of the past. And I don't think the past is necessarily meant to be seen as being happier than the future. It's just two different kinds of happiness. So the past is like full of excitement and wonder, whereas the future is full of contentment and stability. And these are two different kinds of things that we look for in life when we're younger and older. So I think the drama is reflecting these two different types of happiness in Hiro's life. So I think I've said enough about the whole bittersweetness and sadness of the ending that fans didn't like. And so I'll move on to the next big reason that some fans were really unhappy with the ending and that was because they thought it was unrealistic. I feel like one of the main debates I'm hearing about this ending is whether or not it's realistic. So some people are saying it's not realistic because it's not happy and why should something be realistic if it's miserable? But again that just kind of goes back to my last point which is that I don't think it's actually that sad an ending. It's just not a very romantic ending and romance is actually kind of the opposite of realism. But to give a more solid example as to why people think the ending is unrealistic, there's a whole bunch of people that argue that Yurim and Jiwung kept their relationship going and that was an even longer separation in that Yurim had to live in Russia for years while she represented them. And their relationship didn't even seem half as deep as Hido and Yujin's relationship, yet somehow Hido and Yujin were unable to keep their relationship going even though he was away for six months or a year. Some people are just so shocked that they allowed the second couple to get married but then broke up the first couple to the point where they never see each other again except for that one TV interview. And I think I understand why people feel this way about it because obviously we're asked to look at Hido and Yujin's relationship and there's such a intensity about the two of them that you do feel kind of ripped off that they're not able to overcome this short period of separation. But if you analyze the relationship between the two of them throughout the series,
series, I think you'll find that it's a little bit more realistic as to why they broke up. I think one of the big factors in why they didn't stay together is because the relationship was always just really difficult to begin with. For example, when they met, they were already at two very different life stages. So Yijin was already older, he'd finished school and he was starting work. And he also was having all these difficult experiences with his family's financial situation. And he'd already had some sort of relationships in the past. Whereas with Hido, she was just finishing school and she'd never had any relationships. I mean, I don't know if I'd count that little three day stint with Cutie Pie as a actual relationship. And while she had a difficult family life as well, it was kind of different. It wasn't one that required her to take responsibility for looking after the family. And I'm not saying that these things were what broke them up. In fact, it's actually these things that sort of brought them together in the first place. But later on, their different life experiences and their different levels of maturity sort of brought them to different places and they became challenges in the relationship to kind of overcome. Whereas I feel things were a lot easier for Yurim and Jiwung because they were the same age and they sort of had had similar experiences in terms of relationships, in terms of their school life. And so things were never so hard for them from the very get-go. And even more than their differences in life stages is actually their differences in personality. So I totally loved both their characters when they were together. I thought they were so healthy in the way that they supported each other and they were just two characters that were really hard not to love because there was something charming about the way that Hido was so resilient and determined but there was also something really charming about the way that Yijin was such a charismatic and empathetic person and they just went hand in hand with each other's personalities. But with that said they were also really different and you started to see that in the cracks when they were under stress. For example they both had very different locuses of control and what I mean by that is how you perceive things happening in your life whether or not you have control over the things that happen to you and I think Hido was always such a force to be reckoned with so even though things got her down she had this huge sense that she could control most of the things that happened to her and that's why she was always so determined and she was always so full of optimism that she could change things whereas I feel Yijin was the opposite so he felt that things in life were a little bit outside of his control and he was always having to find ways to deal with the things as they came up in his life and that's why he was a little less resilient and I think these sorts of outlooks actually dictated their behaviors when they were together in the bad times. For Hido who felt she had a lot of control in her life she would try to actively reach out to Yijin and she wanted him to process his feelings with her but for Yijin who felt like he didn't have a lot of control over things in his life or his feelings he just wanted to run away or withdraw and ride out those bad feelings by himself and so it became very frustrating for Hido and very stifling for Yijin and some fans think that it's unrealistic that they couldn't work this out but I feel like the show seems to imply that they were both suffering from traumas and when you throw that into the mix with their different personalities it just made everything worse because Hido was very traumatized by the fact that her mother never attended her father's funeral like she worked it out with her mom so that she wasn't mad at her anymore but it doesn't mean that she didn't feel this fear that Yujin would somehow leave her in her loneliest moments and by the time she had decided that they should break up it had already happened a lot so it was proving to be true but to be fair to Yujin he was also suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder in that he 
had experienced all these traumatic events in reporting, but he also felt he had a duty to do. And I think this is quite similar to being a soldier who has gone to war because you see all these horrors and you don't want to step away from them because you feel like there's something that you can do to help. But at the same time, you can't really share these experiences with people who aren't soldiers because they just wouldn't understand all the horrors you had to endure. So it feels like he was getting closer to other reporters, but he was getting more distant from Hido, who was in a different country, who didn't experience the same traumas that he experienced. And I feel like their differences in personalities and their traumas really did lead to a lot of resentment. And resentment is one of the biggest reasons why people break up in real life. So even though I don't like that Hido and Yujin broke up, I wouldn't say that it's entirely unrealistic. I feel like it does make sense that it did happen. Although it's just really, really sad that they couldn't overcome their differences. And I think people do forget that Yijin actually was initially really reluctant to start a relationship with Hido. And some people might say it's because of the age thing, but I'm talking about the time when they had both become adults. I think Yijin realized that they were just two very different people from their jobs to their actual personalities in terms of how they dealt with things. And I think Yijin knew this because he even mentioned it to Hido, how much she inspired him and how he wasn't like that in his everyday life. So again, their relationship was always really hard from the beginning because Yijin knew that there was probably going to be a chance that he was going to hurt her because they were so different. And what's more, going from friends to lovers was a different dynamic because they really could support each other when they were friends. They had such a strong bond together and really understood each other inside out. But I think that's because friendship is not so high stakes. When it comes to a relationship, there's all these different expectations that people have of the other person. And if you remember, Yijin actually ran away once in the earlier episodes because the creditors came after his brother and he left without saying a word to Hido or to anyone else. But Hido forgave him in that time because they were just friends and Yijin really missed her and tried really hard to reach out to her because there was no expectation for him to have to do it. Whereas when they transitioned into a relationship, there were expectations on both parties that neither one could fulfill and that made it really hard for them. So I feel like it is quite realistic when you look at their breakup. It didn't come from out of nowhere. There was a context behind it all. But I feel everyone does have different experiences in life and so maybe it's unrealistic in someone else's eyes and I'm not going to challenge people's opinions but I guess this is just what I personally saw when I was watching the drama and there's quite a few fans that saw this as well because I've seen discussions where people say that this relates so much to their real life experiences so I feel there must be some sort of realistic element to this ending. So moving on to the last big major criticism or complaint about the ending for 2521 and that is that the ending was an open ending and a rushed ending and both of these are tied together but they also have separate implications as well and the reason why people think this is an open ending is because you never find out who Hido ends up marrying and you never find out who Minche's father is. On the one hand I understand that people are frustrated because they wanted a full closure and this series didn't give that level of closure. In fact it ends in quite a cinematic way in that it asks you to focus on this information about Hido's first love but it also asks you simultaneously to ignore the fact that you don't know who Hido's current family is, who Hido's current partner is. And for those who aren't used to watching 
films, especially Korean or Japanese films, this sort of ending can seem very, very frustrating. It creates this uncomfortable dissonance where you feel like something's still missing at the end because this kind of ending is not all that common in the normal mainstream TV dramas. But on the other hand, I also don't quite understand people's curiosities with Minche's father because he's not an important character in this story. The story we're being asked to look at is the story of Hido's first love. So it doesn't matter who Hido ends up marrying because we know clearly that it's not Yijin. And of the male characters that Hido dates, the only character that we're ever going to know with such depth is Yijin. So it really doesn't matter who she ends up with because that relationship is in the future it's probably someone that we haven't met and we don't know at all. So I actually have no interest in Hido's mystery man because it doesn't actually make a difference to the story at all. But I was trying to think about why other people were so curious and I sort of came to two conclusions. So one is that probably some people are still hoping that Minche's father is Yijin, but I think most of the fans who have done the maths in terms of the years that things happened will know that that is quite impossible, especially if Yijin lived in New York for seven years. And that doesn't work out if you think about the fact that they broke up when Hido was 21 and Yijin was 25. But if this is an idea you want to believe in, it's kind of good that they didn't show who the husband was because you can still kind of believe in that idea in your mind. The other big reason that I think people are interested in Hido's husband or Minche's father is because they want some confirmation that Hido is happy in her marriage and that she ended up marrying someone that was better than Yijin if Yijin was not the person that she ended up with. And if the husband isn't Yijin, some people are annoyed that she still married someone who did the same thing as Yijin and went overseas to work at least for a little bit. But I don't know if these things are so important because obviously by this time Hino has been married a long time. So even if they were to show the relationship, it wouldn't be the same as the relationship she had with Yijin when she was younger. And although there's no real way to confirm this, I do feel like her marriage is going okay because it seems like even though he worked overseas they keep in touch so that she knows that he would have to quarantine and maybe the big difference between this husband and Yijin is that even though he's busy with work he still manages to send his daughter a gift and even though she doesn't like it and she feels like her dad doesn't know her changing tastes he still put in the effort to do that which is something that Yijin didn't do when he was stressed or traumatized in his work overseas. I'm not saying that this guy is better than Yijin or that Hido should have ended up with someone else because obviously I would have loved if Hido and Yijin ended up together forever but I do think that maybe if you're looking for signs as to whether or not she's happy in her marriage these are some of the proofs that the guy is a dedicated father and partner at least. But I just want to move on to the other topic now which is that some people thought the ending was rushed and I think that pacing is very subjective like sometimes I think drama is really well paced and other people don't but sometimes other people think that something is well paced and I don't think so. But relating to this drama ending, I really don't think it was rushed. I think it had a lot of events that weren't necessarily relevant to the love story between Hido and Yijin. For example, they put in someone's father's funeral, which is not actually a big deal because he's not a big character in the series. But this event shows something about their friendships. So that's why it's added in. But I think there's so many of these types 
of events in the last episode that a lot of people don't know how to verbalize how they feel about it, so they just say that the ending is rushed. The other more central reason as to why people said the ending was rushed is because there were all these so-called clues that people were looking into to try to find out Hito's husband and Minche's dad, and then they felt that these clues were not explained in the last episode. See, I don't think that the writers were forgetful or that they rushed the ending and they didn't have time to explain all these things. I think they were just intentionally cruel by including all these red herrings and playing with our hopes. So I disagree with the fans who went on an angry tirade about how the writers were giving us sloppy drama writing or how the props people were making mistakes by leaving things from Yijin's room to Hito's house. I'm actually pretty sure all this was done intentionally. They did want to lead us on and in the end you find out that you were meant to take everything at face value. Like when the characters told you that they hadn't seen someone for a long time, you were meant to believe them instead of try to look behind the scenes for clues, believing something else. But at the same time, they left a lot of red herrings so that you couldn't help but look at those things and keep guessing and wishing otherwise. My definition of a rushed ending is if they add in a new story arc that they won't be able to close off. And this happens either at the end of episode 15 or in episode 16 itself. And some people might say the September 11th thing was a new arc that they couldn't close off, but I don't think that's the case because you saw it coming all along that he was a reporter, that he was in a new department that reported on immediate news. So it's not like it sprung out of nowhere. My example of a rushed ending would be Monthly Home Magazine. And I'm about to spoil the ending because I need to compare why. So if you haven't seen it and you want to see it, you might just want to skip ahead a few minutes. So basically what happens at the end of episode 15 is that they suddenly bring in this new story arc where the female lead's father apparently ripped off the male lead in the story and that's why the female lead feels guilty about staying with him and she runs away and leaves him for three years without any contact. I feel like this is more of a rushed ending because they introduced it so late in the game with no prior explanation. Unlike in 2521 where you know about Yi Jin's ambitions to be a reporter the whole time, in Monthly Home Magazine, she was never really looking for her father. You just knew that he ran away a long time ago. So they had to explain everything from scratch at the end of episode 15 when there was only one episode left. So by comparison, I really don't think that 2521 has a rushed ending. But all this talk about the so-called clues in 2521 that were never resolved leads me on to my next section, which is talking about how we can get closure for this series. And of course, none of us are the right so it's not like we can change the series and then like reshoot the ending or anything like that. But what we can do is to ease our frustration with these so-called clues not being resolved by looking at the clues and thinking whether or not we could apply some form of logic to close off the explanation even though there's no additional scenes that explicitly do that for us. So the day after 2521 finished I found a long Twitter thread where someone was ranting about all the things that that they apparently left open or rushed through in the series and didn't explain. I'll link that down in the show notes if you want to follow along, otherwise it should be easy. I'm just going to talk through all the clues and explain what they are anyway. So the first one is the photo of Hido on the beach trip. Jiwon promised to give copies to anyone who wanted photos, they just had to write their
their name next to that particular photo. And no one writes their name on the photo of Hido except for Yijin. So technically he should be the one with the only copy of that photo. And in the future timeline, you see that Hido had a copy of this photo. So a lot of people were speculating that Hido and Yijin were together because of this reason. And then when you found out the two characters did not end up together, a lot of people said that this was left unexplained. But I don't think this is as weird as people make it out to be because photos can be replicated. It's not like Yijin had some unique one-of-a-kind painting that later ended up in Hido's house as well. As long as Jiwon kept the negatives of the beach photos, he could always reprint them and that was the point of them writing their names on the photos anyway so he could print another copy. So maybe he mistakenly printed another copy of the Hido picture and gave it to Hido because obviously it was a picture of her. Or maybe Hido changed her mind and wanted a picture of herself. So even though there's no scene that like explicitly explains this, I do feel like it's not unexplainable either. So in a similar vein, there's also all these objects from Yijin's room that are somehow in Hido's house and a lot of people were saying that meant that they were together. But if you think about it, if they were dating for some time, then they might have left things at each other's house in the past. I also want to point out that Yijin's things are actually stored in Hido's mother's house, which is Hido's childhood home. I think it's pretty much implied that this is not where they actually live all the time because Minche goes to her mother's childhood room and she finds the diary there. Otherwise she would have read that diary long ago. And she's also sleeping in her mother's room with all her mother's childhood stuff. So it's clearly not her own room. So I guess the point I'm trying to make is that Yijin's stuff is not actually in Hido's home. And the fact that she has this stuff is actually because of their relationship in the past. Since it's actually in her childhood home and given that she was a famous fencer and that she'd already gotten married, it would be very likely that she would have bought her own property. And she's only gone to her mother's house because Minche ran away there and also because she's helping her mother through some medical stuff. This leads me to another topic which is that some people felt that there had to be some deeper mystery behind the fact that Hido and her mother went to the hospital to get some procedure done. Some people thought that Hido's mother would have dementia or that she was dying but I think the procedure they got done was a colonoscopy which isn't actually that uncommon. It's just testing to see if there's anything weird inside of the intestines and I think they put in this medical scene not to emphasize some dramatic medical change but to show that both Hido and her mother had gotten older and as you get older you end up doing more health checks. Another thing that people like to say is a open-ended clue in this drama is the fact that Yijin's dad said that he was his greatest consolation 10 years ago and while this one is a little more vague compared to the other things I've talked about I don't think it necessarily has to refer to some sort of secret adoption which was the initial theory that people thought of. I think that he could have said that because maybe Yijin was such a bright student at school that it really comforted his father or maybe 10 years ago his father had another business failure. I mean it's not uncommon for businessmen to sort of have businesses that tank and then to have to start over again and maybe 10 years ago Yijin was just as helpful as he is during the drama when his family go bankrupt. If you think about this and then watch the scene again it does make sense with this context. Moving on to the next mystery that people kind of want solved. People want to know why Hido made that reaction when her mother mentioned seeing Yijin. And to be honest I think it was just shock because I guess he 
Hito hadn't heard that name in a long time. Maybe there was also a tinge of sadness because Hito realized that her mom was closer to Yujin as a colleague than she was close to him in any way now. Some people thought it was suspicious that she named her workplace 2521 and had rainbow chairs and people took this as a sign that Hito and Yujin were going to get together. In some ways I do think it's weird that she would have had such a bitter breakup and then still name her workplace 2521 and have the chairs but then in another way maybe the whole thing was subconscious. Like with the beach trip she probably doesn't remember in detail having this whole conversation about rainbows with Yujin but as with the message of this drama your first love never really leaves you so I think it's safe to say that subconsciously she still probably thinks fondly of rainbows because of that metaphor that she used with Yijin. I think the same thing goes with the numbers 2521 like subconsciously she would have thought fondly of those years and perhaps those were the numbers that popped up when she decided to name her shop. The last set of so-called clues that I want to talk about is from that interview between Hiro and Yijin. So apparently you could hear a child saying Appa and while that is true I have actually tested that video. It is also very faint so I wonder if that was purposefully put in there to confuse people or I wonder if it was accidentally put in there as part of a soundscape that they didn't realize had some child speaking in it. But aside from that confusing soundbite I do find it a little bit strange that people thought Hido and Yujin talking to each other with some form of emotion was a kind of clue. When it didn't turn out to be a clue there were lots of complaints that this kind of an interview was unrealistic. People were quite outraged and saying how could Hido say this sort of stuff in front of her husband on national TV. But to be honest I don't think you would actually read too much into it if you didn't know the relationship between these two people. In a weird way it kind of looked awkward like they didn't have that much to say to each other. There were these long meaningful pauses but you wouldn't really know that as an outsider I don't think. People forget that we have been watching this entire drama so we know the backstory but if you were to watch an interview like that without context you might actually think that one of them had gotten seriously ill before. I mean maybe I'm projecting my own memories of TV interviews into this but there was once an Australian TV presenter whose wife died of cancer and these were the sort of interviews that he had with other people. They were slightly teary with people saying that they supported him. So I think this interview is more meaningful in the romantic sense because we all know the history between Yijin and Hido. So I think that ties up the main clues that people kind of wanted answers on. And I guess it's so hard because I don't think anyone can give us all full closure unless it's the writer who decides to explain every single decision they made in the script. But by talking about the ending and working through these gaps that people felt the ending had, I hope you're able to make peace with the ending, particularly if you are someone who felt that there were all these unresolved issues. Even having a good understanding of the ending and coming to terms with what happened, we can still feel a little bit sad about the ending. So I wanted to talk about ways that we could comfort ourselves after watching this drama. I think what's comforting for me about this series is that it's so meaningful and thoughtful and beautiful. I think we're reminded to cherish the people around us here and now because all the happy moments that we currently have will one day become past memories as well. But that's also not a bad thing because accessing our memories can give us so much happiness when we choose to go into them. One way to comfort yourself from the ending of this drama is to use it as a point for action, to remind yourself to reach out to those old friends that you still want to keep in touch with 
or to look at old photos that you haven't looked through for a while. Another comforting thing to do is to engage with the drama in terms of what other fans have made from the drama. And what I mean is when I want more from a drama, it helps to read fanfiction where someone can literally add or alter the ending of the drama to what you would like. Or you can watch all the beautiful moments of Hido and Yijin having romantic tension all over again in someone's beautiful fan edit on Instagram without going through all the painful moments as well. But I think to truly get over the pain, you do have to go through it and process everything. And maybe you're already doing that by listening to this podcast, which is great. But another thing you could do is read other people's thoughts on the ending. Not angry rants, but all the blog posts and podcasts that analyze the meanings that you might have missed. That's pretty much content that processes the ending in a way that adds value to your understanding of the drama. And one of the most beautiful tweets I saw about this was by a person called Jane. I want to read out their tweet, but I'll also link the original tweet in the show notes in case you want to read it yourself. The tweet goes like this. I know I'm in the minority, but I never saw 2521 as having a happy ending because the story of 2521 is not static. It's about Hido and a very specific era of her life, but we're aware from the beginning that this era ends and her life continues. It's why the story is worth telling. I don't think the writer was ever dishonest about this. In the scene where Minche asks her mom about the trip to the beach and Hido doesn't even remember it, Minche's disbelief is our disbelief. But that's the point. When we live our lives, we can't imagine the forgetting. How can we forget the present? These moments that feel so close to the skin. But we do and we move on. Perhaps more accurately, the main question of the story is how do we remember? What is the act of remembering? The way I see it, the writer is retaliating against the Reply 1988 brand of nostalgia writing. Because the Reply writing rarely acknowledged the way that people's lives continued past their youth. That we become different people entirely. What then is the point of remembering? Hito's life continued as it should have and there is no ending to be had. Or put another way, everything is ending all the time. 2521 is about capturing certain endings, certain losses. It's about capturing the people most important to her at that time of her life. It's why it doesn't quite matter that we don't see Minche's dad or know whether the friendships continued. We don't need to see those people in the present because this show is dedicated to seeing them as they exist in memory. I think the writer had very specific intentions with the story. The intentions are the same as the title song 2521 by Joram. It's to capture the inherent twist to remembering when we recognize the loss of our past self and all the people in our lives as they were. I'm sure people think this story could have been told while keeping Hido and Yijin together and that's valid but a part of remembering is revisiting the people who were so precious to us and knowing that their meaning in our lives changed as we changed. I don't think the show would have accomplished what it was trying to do if Yijin and Hido wound up together. It would be one thing if this was a love story but it's not. It's about Hido and her love for people who were once so very important to her. Her life continued. She became another version of Hido just as Yijin became a different version of himself. The ending is the recognition of this change just as their letters were the recognition of who they once were. So that's the tweet and if you do find comfort in reading these type of analytical pieces this Twitter writer Jane also wrote a blog post where she talks about the ending and the title is called Oh Our Past Selves The Selves We Thought Eternal and I think that title is just so beautiful and fitting for this series which reflects so heavily on nostalgia and if you think about it nostalgia is living in the magic of the past through our memories and I want to add that sometimes our lives don't look magical in the day-to-day when we're living it but when we reflect back on those times the lens of nostalgia softens these memories and there's actually studies about why holidays or travel make us happy and it's the same sort of difference it's not the actual travel itself where we might experience stressful things like flying 
flight delays, but it's the time when you come back and remember the trip that forms the happiest part of the trip. In truth, our memories are the most beautiful places that we end up traveling to. And in 2521, memories are the most beautiful parts of Hido and Yijin's experiences of their youth. But I feel like I've gone on a tangent, so let's go back to the comforting things to do if you're looking for some comfort after this drama. And one of those things that I would suggest is to watch the behind the scenes videos. So I know it doesn't appeal to everyone to sort of see their actors, like sometimes people just want to engage with the characters alone. But if you do love the actors and the world outside of the drama, I recommend watching all the behind the scenes because it allows you to engage with the drama, but at the same time allows you to remove yourself from all the sad events that happen. Because you still see Nam Juhok and Kim Tari and they are playing their characters, but at the same time they're also being themselves and it's kind of fun and silly as they play on the in-jokes and make little bloopers. It's also really cute because every time they have to do a hugging scene in the drama, they actually hug for real in the behind the scenes. So there are plenty of crumbs if you like to ship your characters or actors. The last sort of comforting action I could think of doing is that you could rewatch the series and sort of dictate how you want to watch it. For example, if you watch everything up till episode 13 and without the framing of the current timeline, you would literally have a very happy story about Hido in her youth. So I thought this was a nice segue to go into the last section of my podcast, which is that I want to talk about a few of my favorite moments from the later episodes of the drama. And I want to say that one of my favorite characters besides the main two characters is Sangwon. And I think she's just such a cool character. And some of my favorite scenes in the later half of the drama was her standing up for her beliefs. Even though she was favored by all her teachers, she really wanted to stand up for all the students that were being abused by the teachers because they weren't ranked as highly academically. And I just loved that she told Yejin that she was so bored of life, but she really enjoyed hanging with her friends and that's what made her life worth living, which is why she really wanted to stick up for Jiwoong when he was being abused. But I also think sticking up for the other students gave her a sense of purpose that she never had before. And I think for someone who's bored, it's very dangerous to become depressed, but I think having this sense of purpose and having things like her pirate radio show really allowed her to live a bit more and not sink into despair. And in these scenes where she stood up against the teachers, I really love that her mom supported her. See, Asian parenting doesn't normally allow for that degree of flexibility, but her mom seemed to really place her trust in her daughter like she just knew that she was intelligent and hardworking. and even if she didn't go through the formal school system at the quickest pace she would still end up going somewhere brilliant. I also loved that she stormed the school and like sassed those teachers that were acting inappropriately and the principal that didn't have a backbone to support the students and last of all I really liked the advice that she gave to someone which was to be flexible in our unforgiving world. I thought it was a gentle way of the mother reminding her daughter that she won't be able to win all the battles in the world that she goes up against. 
And again, this is why I think the story is quite intentional because this piece of advice is not just for someone, it's for the audience as well. Given that this drama has a very bittersweet ending, I feel like the message was meant to reach us also that we need to be flexible because not every trauma is going to end in a way that we like and we need to learn to accept this because there's nothing we can do about it in the end. I also really enjoyed the scenes with Yurim and Jiwung when they were building their relationship and even though she tried to pull the noble idiocy card to get him to separate and be happier with someone else I'm so glad he stuck his guns and in the end even proposed to Yurim. It was such a cute proposal in that he got her attention by doing something that she loves but I feel like they've been cute all along. Like every single time he's tried to get her attention, it's just been so adorable. And it was so heartwarming to see Yurim's parents be so accepting of him when he said he was raised in a single family because that's a huge stigma in Korea. But Yurim's father really just didn't care about that and was concerned about how Jiwoong was treating his mother and how much she would have had a hard time raising him. So I feel like Yurim's parents are just such good people and I guess you could say that with Yurim's mom earlier when she embraced Hito and accepted her when her own daughter had been the one causing all her pain in the public. And in terms of Yurim's story, I really liked that even though she went somewhere else that she really didn't want to go, she did make new friends and enjoyed herself while she stayed there. And she still had someone really important waiting for her back home. And now we're down to the final topic that I want to talk about before I end this podcast, which is that I wanted to talk about both the kissing scenes. I thought both of these scenes were were very pretty and well done. It's just a shame that the one that Hito initiated was pretty tame in that Eugene didn't know how to respond. But the shots were still beautiful and I liked that he was a little bit more like the damsel whereas Hito was the one who was like I'm going in for the kill. Obviously it's the kissing scene where Eugene goes in with such conviction that is the one that everyone really really loves. And I think people like it all the more because the whole episode was quite depressing like Yijin was concerned about getting too close to Hido and he was forcing a distance between them but then Hido was very persistent and turning up at his house every day. I really loved the words that Hido said about not taking any more steps away from her and that directive actually worked on Yijin because he came right back and with such intensity as well. Like the pacing of that scene was just really good there was this big gap where you weren't sure what's going to happen and you felt really sad for the two of them because you thought that's it that's the end but then you hear the door open and he comes out with such force like he's unable to hold back on his very strong feelings anymore and he rips off her cap and chucks it on the floor because he doesn't want anything getting in the way of him kissing her very deeply and if you watch the behind the scenes for this shoot I actually was quite impressed with Namju Hyok for coming up with the idea of ripping off Hido's cap because it adds so much to the scene which is all about longing and repressed desires finally being fulfilled. And then following that, Eugene's words about Hido driving him crazy are quite passionate and so it's a really beautiful scene in the snow and regardless of what you think of the ending, I hope you always think back to the scene and how much you enjoyed these beautiful moments of the drama. So those are all my thoughts on 2521 and I just want to thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode, feel free to check out my other episodes and I'd really be grateful 
support if you left a review so that everyone else could find us as well and feel free to follow me as I am still working out my schedule for releasing podcast episodes but there will be more thanks again for listening and I'll see you all in the next episode